0: everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host Maxine and we're on episode 72. We are still quarantining. Yo, what is like, what day is it? I want to know what day it is. (laughs) What day is it? Okay, there's a lot of adjusting going on with this new normal of life and the way that we're going about interacting with each other or lack thereof. We shouldn't really be interacting with people, right? You know, there is this hysteria of do I say hello when I step outside for a quick second? Am I supposed to step outside? Am I supposed to look at people in the eye or am I supposed to just walk straight forward? It really feels like the movie The Purge. You know, in the purge, you're supposed to act like like if you're one of the ones oh, was it the purge? It was another movie. One of those dystopian movies where you can't act like you're an actual human. You gotta pretend that you're now a clone. You know, so a clone has no expression. They walk straight completely apathetic to life and everything and so it feels like this right now because I was at a grocery store nearby and everyone is just walking in a straight line we're all so like six feet or four feet whatever feet that we're supposed to be in between each other no one's smiling no one's making eye contact it was like damn hello good morning (laughs) It was so different, and I'm just thinking about what is life going to be like once this goes away? Because it will eventually go away. I don't know when. I can't predict it. I am not God. God is aware of all that is going on. He is the God of the future. He already knew this, and he knows what will happen um, soon to come. So right now, it's like there's no... (sighs) There's no clear messaging. You know, there's a lot of conflicting messaging going on. You know, at one point, some people are saying it's airborne. The next point, people are saying, oh, you know, you could go outside, but don't really go outside. Yet, you have some people getting mad at everyone else going outside, even just to the park. Because a park may be overpopulated, you know? So, I I don't... (sighs) All I could say is, listen to the CDC. I don't even fucking know what they're talking about. <laughs> Look, I don't, be safe. It's crazy. It's a crazy time right now. And thankfully, I'm an introvert. Um, I, no, I wouldn't say an introvert. I'm an ambivert. I lean more towards an introvert lane until I'm comfortable with someone than is extrovert, extroverted tendencies with an introvert self, if that makes sense. So I typically love staying home and chilling and being by myself. Like I would be out with people and some people I would be out with and I'll just be like, damn, I can't wait to go home and be by myself. That's how, (laughs) that's how much I'm just like, I I can't stand some people. And it's not like I don't like people. It's just that some people who don't know how to have a conversation or, there's no death to them it's just like why am i here but anyway i say all that to say even, even as an introvert even as a homebody it's still unnerving to be home when you're mandated to you know and i know it's like oh it shouldn't be a big deal you know you're fine blah blah but it's just still and i'm i moved back i'm not moved back but i Return to Houston, and um, I'm home in my apartment, and I live alone. So there's no, and I was thinking prior to me, like on the plane, on my first first day back to Houston, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, should I feel different now, now that we have this whole quarantine going on? Because if you guys could remember, Right before things got, quote unquote, shut down and we were mandated or highly suggested to stay at home, shelter in place, all of that, I was on my way to Boston. So I was on my way home, home, and there was the comfort of that. So I didn't really get to experience that whole hysteria of shelter in place on my own in my own apartment. So once I finally returned back to Houston after two weeks and two days in Boston, I'm like, oh, this is like a real deal. (laughs) I'm fine though. Um, I, I know how to keep myself entertained. I know what to watch. I know... Like, how to keep myself feeling productive, and it's fine. I'm still working, though. You know, as an educator, there, we have the privilege to use technology and learn or teach our students remotely. So I'm grateful for that, and I'm just, look, I'm trying to make the best of it. But it's it, I understand the unnerving that so many people are experiencing, even myself sometimes. But, yeah, this morning when I went to the grocery store, I'm just like... <laughs> Not one of these niggas are making eye contact. Okay, good morning. But the clerks, the grocery men, well, the people who work at the grocery store, they, like, they're, I commend them because they were really positive. Their attitude was dope, and it was just nice to be greeted with a smile, you know? Instead of having fellow grocery shopping people (laughs) <laughs> who's not saying anything, just going about their business. It's like if you speak, then corona's going to come out type of thing. Like, okay. Anyway, um recently, NYC mayor Bill de Blasio, he's the one who, with the black wife with um who has dreads, they've been or locks, let me not say dreads. Um they've been married for uh, many years so it's not like he's well I don't know his intention but I I, I I, could presume that he generally loves her you know I do get suspicious sometimes when I see a white man with a black woman especially a black woman who's a black black woman and what I mean by that is one of those black women with locks is like white man what do you want are you trying to get her kidney what is it that you want with her but they've been together for many many years <laughs> and so i'm thinking it should be genuine anyway so he recently said quote i want to stay no i want to say to all those who are preparing the potential of religious services this weekend if you go to your synagogue if you go to your church and attempt to hold services after having been told so often not to, our enforcement agents will have no choice but to shut down those services. I don't say that with any joy, it's the last thing I would like to do because I understand how important people's faiths are to them and we need our faiths in the time of crisis, but we do not need gatherings that will endanger people. No faith tradition endorses anything that endangers the members of that faith. End quote. So, and this brings me to just another story of a, a pastor. He wasn't a black pastor, so thank God he wasn't. Because you know, sometimes it'll be those black churches that don't fucking listen. We gotta close. Hello, there's there's a whole creature outside and ready to attack anyone who steps out of their homes. And you want to have praise and worship service. It really veto black pastors. Like I remember right before I left Houston on my way to Boston, I was expecting to hear the church that I go to here in Houston to say services are closed uh, in the meantime, but no, it was still a full service. And I think there's some greed to that though. And maybe that's me being a, 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 a what is it? A, 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 a cynic. Um, But I do think there's some greed to it, at least in churches that have a strong population, churches that are considered mega churches. This church that I go to, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a mega church, uh, not mega, mega like T.D. Jakes or Joel Osteen. But this church is like on its way to getting there. Anyway, I just saw it as, okay, why wouldn't you shut down? services and maybe they didn't understand the the intensity and the weight of this virus so maybe that's why but i do have to look at some people who at the time still continued having services prior to having this shutdown like i i just don't believe that you should wait until a shutdown to happen in order to take to take something seriously you know like C- shut the door that that's that's what we, we'll pray o- over the phone like you know and here's the thing i think about um you know the freedom of worship we have that right here in America we could worship whomever wherever right we're not gonna be persecuted for that you know unlike other countries in the world where if you don't worship their nation's god, then you will be killed, right? If you're a Christian in, is it Korea or China? You know, they they, they praise Buddha or other gods. And if you trying to be a Christian and, you know, give your praises to Jesus Christ, your head will be chopped off. So you... When you come to America and you recognize, wow, I have the freedom to do whatever the fuck I want to do, you know, within limit, of course, but I have the freedom to have this worship to whomever, right? I I get to praise. I get to practice my faith. My faith keeps me going. And now with this virus, it is killing that freedom. You know, that amendment is, is null and void, no, we can't praise and worship collectively. You can praise and worship at your home, right? But the whole purpose of a church is to come together collectively, right? Is to come together, um, you know, when two or more is gathered, right? When two or more are gathered, Christ is in the in the space, right? God is invited in. God's presence is there. So now, maybe there's that, uh, there's this overwhelming feeling of, I right now is the best time to come together and praise right now is the best time to come together and worship God, but we can't come together we can't we have to separate, you know, or we have to be within those who are in our household, so whatever that looks like for you, whether it's your your full family, whether it's a sibling, whether it's an aunt an uncle, or just you, you have to stay at home and be at peace with that until further notice that's hard that is hard i could only imagine not even only i could see i could understand that you know when i was home my parents had to really abide by that and you know it's hard i'm realizing parents are stubborn as fuck hello please please You are not uh, exempt from this shutdown, parents. And this goes to all the parents out there who think they're just like, they got freaking uh, a bullet bullet point proof, whatever, vest on against this virus. No, the virus is not at all biased. It will get you, your black aunt, your Chinese mother, your white granddaddy, And the slave master, it will get every, you are not exempt. And that's the fear of it all. And you think about like, you know, those who are strong worshipers, right? Those who are prayer warriors, those who have prayed away something and it worked, right? You know, whether it's the gay, (laughs) Are we pardon. Whether it's the gay or it's the fucking disease that, you know, you were diagnosed with, prayer is powerful. So now, that same energy that you have put towards that disease that you were diagnosed with that is no longer in your body, that marriage that was failing and, you know, he was cheating or you were cheating on him left and right, and now things are peaceful There's that same confidence that you want to use towards this virus. But the problem is not everyone feels the same way. You know, it's one thing to be in the church and you are praying against something and it's not a global pandemic. It's not a national pandemic, right? You know, if you are praying against a spirit in the church, you know, within that church, you guys are collectively doing this. You know, but when you are within this world, we all have to understand that not everyone has the same faith. Not everyone has faith, period. Right. You know, not everyone worships the same God. Not everyone cares about God. Never mind the same God. Right. So all of that, of course, is going to be backlash if you want to continue having church service. Of course. And so. Even though we live in America and we're supposed to have this freedom, we have to understand that we are all in this together and there is no, oh, I'm just gonna go to this church service and this church could be open, right? Because this virus is is an invisible enemy. We don't know exactly how it came about. We're not even sure how to fight it, right? You have some, you know, you have many people who are, you know, killed by this virus. You know, initially it was told that it was this, you know, those who are within a special population. So whether you're elderly or you have a compromised immune system, you are the ones who are more at risk. But now this case is going out of young adults, of children. So what the fuck is going on? Nobody really knows and I blame the Chinese. (laughs) <laughs> Hello We chong, I blame them. Fuck No 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 Um no, maybe I still do No but what I do blame I mean I guess it's one of those things there's not really I think it's so easy to blame Donald Trump, right? And I'm sure he has blame in it. You know, because apparently, reportedly, who knows what's real and what's not? Who knows if it's propaganda? you know, fake news, because I don't really know what to believe. There's a lot of conflicting messages. And so just because some people fall within a particular party, you're expected to believe, you know, that particular party's agenda, right? So if, if you're within the Democratic Party, you're expected to believe Donald Trump is the only and sole reason and he's a racist and you shouldn't have him back, you know, for the next four years. America doesn't give a fuck. I'm sorry, this whole racist argument, nobody cares. What are you going to do for those who, for everyone who is struggling right now? You know, nobody really cares. Anyway, Donald Trump was, you know, is one of the people, one of the factors being blamed during this pandemic because apparently he, in like 2018 or was it 2016, whenever he got um, put into office, he disbanded the health team that was already set in place by President Obama, and people are feeling like, oh, well, had he not disbanded them, then he would have had a better handle on this pandemic, or this pandemic wouldn't even have become a pandemic had he still had that same medical team from Obama's administration. Okay, that's a factor. Okay, the other factor Donald Trump apparently was told by China or maybe some people within that administration informed Donald Trump about this virus, this is virus going on and you know it may come over here and Donald Trump bel- belittled it, right? He belittled the possibility of a foreign virus finding its way abroad you know, through our, through our gates, through our borders and got in. All of it is a reason why, but I just, I just want to understand what is the, what is the goal in blaming, right? What is the goal in blame game? What is the goal in that? What, what do you, what does one gain from that? We are here. We can't talk about, well, he should have did this, should have, would have, could have. Okay. Yeah, he should have. Now, now he can't. Now it's done. We're in 2020 now. What can we do now to circumvent this this epidemic? Right? What can we do now? You know, it, it's just tiring. This rhetoric that I'm hearing a lot of in the media, amongst uh, fellow peers of mine, is just what are we What are we talking about? Oh well, he sh- Donald Trump is a racist. Okay, and. What happens now? And I'm not an apologist for Donald Trump. I'm just saying, like, we are this. Can we move on and find solutions? I'm a, I'm a solution-oriented person. I don't like to sit back and just complain and when, when, when. What can you do? What can we do? Because we're all in this together. What can we do together, right? You know, and if there wasn't so many mixed messaging going on, then you wouldn't have some people so strict about, I'm only staying inside. And there's some people saying, oh, you know, I'll stay inside for the most part, but I'll go on walks and just stay six feet away. Is that okay? I don't know. Who fucking knows? Anyway, I know in the last episode, y'all, I talk about Quarantine Bay, Boston Bay, that nigga, Dre. <laughs> I have no Dre in my life. I just feel like saying that. Anyway, this just brings me to this meme that I've been seeing a lot during this time this quarantine time and I just want to talk about how nice niggas finish last not because they're nice niggas it's because they're corny that that's just it so anyway this is meme and it's like a four story a picture story meme a four picture story meme the first part of the picture is this this nice presentable man with glasses on, he has a little muscle on. That's what is drawn on his arm, and he's texting this girl. He texts her, "Hey, gorgeous, how was your day?" The girl, ass fat, yeah, no. Then okay, ass fat, breasts out, sitting on her bed, and she reads the text message. She doesn't respond. Or she, like, acts like she's about to respond, but she doesn't send anything. You know that moment when you are waiting for a text? The person's about to text you. You see those three dots? That's what she's doing. And she doesn't end up texting him. But she's thinking friend zone. Next, like she got another text from this nigga! And they got to make him a dark-skinned nigga. Because, of course, they're the ones with the big dicks. That's that's what the text is pretty much saying. Anyway, this dark skin nigga looking like a damn demon. Like, sir... If you don't go ahead and find Christ, please find the Lord, because why is your face looking like that? I need you to get some olay. But anyway, he's laying on that same type of bed from the first picture and looking mad angry. He has tats on. His body, well, his arm that's showing is super D's. And all he says, mind you, it's not even full, like, academic academic language. Like, it's just, bitch, what you up to type of language. He says, about to pull up eggplant emoji. Okay? Obviously, there is a stark difference between the dark-skinned nigga and the nice guy. <laughs> you know, the nice guy decided to put punctuation, capitalization, Okay, a greeting, right? Hello. (laughs) No, but this dark skin nigga started to got straight to the point. About to pull up. You know what it is. Eggplant emoji. Let's get to the biz. Okay. So the girl responds, Yes, Daddy. Okay. And then she's thinking. There's a little picture that shows her thinking about. The last time they had sex and she's sitting on him and, you know, great time. Now, there's this whole argument of this is why... Nice guys, you know, you know, finish last. This is why women, black women in particular, of course, these are black people that's being drawn. Um, black people, black women, sorry, black women go for the the bad boy. They end up being just baby mamas. Ended up being ancient bitches, and you know, they're looking back at the nice guy twenty years later. And they realize, damn, I should have given him a chance, right? Yes, there are cases of that sort, you know, in real life. Yes, of course, I'm sure many women, many black women could name, damn, I, I chose this quote-unquote bad boy. And there's this nice guy who's always been on my line, but I always just saw him as a friend, has this corny nigga take me, for example, you know, on a couple of episodes, I talked about church nigga, and I said how church nigga ain't gonna be my nigga, okay, because I don't want him, like, I, (laughs) what I mean is, sometimes there's this entitlement that a lot of quote-unquote nice guys have because they perceive themselves as this nice guy, right? They think, I'm a great catch. You should, of course, want me. I could treat you right. I'm the perfect guy for you. I I could buy you a house. And all of those things are great. Thank you. But at the end of the day, if I'm in this big old house that you bought for me that I appreciate, cool, my credit score is up, great, and you are boring as fuck, right? Or your dick don't work, or you don't have any type of swag, and you—you you know this is a diff. Like there is a swag naturally. I'm not saying you have to give the the felon who works at the gas station a chance, but maybe you should. Okay, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but my point is. Oftentimes, you find those swagger-ass men, you know, that swag that you need, that energy, that confidence, that that type of energy, you find that more in men who are dark-skinned. <laughs> I was like, I don't mean to make a, a, a color thing. I mean, look, I've, in my experience... There's been a couple of dark-skinned men who had that energy. But there are many light-skinned men who have that energy, too. Don't get me wrong. My point is, there is is naturally that type of big dick energy. It's not even about having a big dick. That's the point. A big dick energy is just a metaphor to having the confidence, to having that strong energy, a little a little egotistical, but not too much, but like, you know what you're doing. You know how to do it. You love yourself. You're confident who you are, or at least you present yourself as such, right? Enough so that the woman who you're pursuing sees that and is attracted to that, right? You're not this man who is thirsty, who is yearning for women's attention. Instead, you're very, you're very chill, right? You get your girls, you get your women, it ain't nothing, right? Oh, you don't want to text me back? Okay, cool. I got somebody else to text, right? As if with a nice guy, right? A corny guy, you know, a guy. I, I'm in a, you know, I'm in sales. Like, what? What did? What do you do? <laughs> it's like nothing wrong with sales. But my point is, like, naturally, more often than not, the nice guy is the one who has no confidence, who has no swag, who has no brav um bra- bravado um whatever. Who ha- who doesn't have that? The fuck? I want you to be able to know that you could pick me up, you know, you could you know, make me like we could be in a room full of fine men or just men in general and all I see is you. If I'm with a nice guy, and by nice, I'm just saying it's synonymous to um, a corny guy. If I'm with a guy like that, I'm looking at every other nigga but you. Okay? I'm checking the guy at the bar because you're so boring. You're, you're too respectful. I, look, I'm not saying don't be <laughs> – Wait, there's an even keel balance that you must have as a man – When you're trying to pursue a woman, right? When you're courting a woman. I just feel like there should be some level of swag. And this whole nice guy, I'm a nice guy, I'm a nice guy. What does that mean? Do you know how to hold your own in an argument? If we were getting robbed in an alleyway, would you leave me? Right? Would you know how to fight? Do you know how to fight? That's another requirement. Like, not only do I want you to be fine, do you know how to fight? Like, do I have to fight for you? Like, and I'm talking about physical fight. Like, do I have to get in this fight for you? Or should I feel like, oh, I know there's a nigga over there in the corner who's looking at me, but he's not intimidated by my man. So he's going to come over here and try to scoop me up how would you handle that tell me how would you handle that right or does that man in the corner already know oh this nigga doesn't look like he he'll play right this nigga look like he'll hold his own I'm not even gonna bother going over there and trying this woman because I know she's with him you know a lot of nice guys don't have that energy and it's just, it's just instinctual for women. And I'm speaking, this is going to be a general statement. It's instinctual for women to want to feel protected. I want to be with someone who knows how to protect me, who knows how to provide, who knows how to take care of me. You know, all of that matters. It's not about being a gold digger. It's not about being a woman who um, makes foolish choices. No, it's about knowing if I stand with you, Could you really stand with me? Could you hold me down? And these nice niggas cannot. Okay? So I don't think it's this whole... Because the image is showing an example of women not picking logically and only picking with their lustful desires. And maybe that could be a factor in some cases, I'm sure. But generally, it's not that, oh, I'm choosing to be with a cheater... I'm choosing to be with someone who doesn't treat me right No Because this nice nigga over here don't know what he's doing You talking about What do you want to eat for dinner Nigga make a plan What you want to do today Make a plan What? Why am I always the one with plans You asking me Or you telling me you want to see me I say okay cool And then you ask me What do you want to do What you tell me what I wanna do. No, not even that. You tell me what we're doing. Period. Tell me you're ready. Um, be ready by eight. I'm picking you up and we're going out. I need you to dress like this. Period. Okay, I'm ready. That's the energy that we need. Not no sip ass nigga talking about whatever you wanna do. <laughs> I wanna do somebody else. Bye zone ass nigga. I just don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have it. Um, I, while I was home, I, I decided to just tell church nigga, I'm like, hey, you know, I'll be home, you know. And that was before the whole quarantining, shelter in place, self, I, safe, self-isolation um, was mandated. So I told him I was going to be home, you know, and if you want to hang out, cool, you know, we could do that. So... He decided to say, he's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. Let's hang out this particular day. And literally the next two days, it was very soon we found out about the whole quarantining. You know, society is now shut down. Okay. Restaurants were closed, shut down, only deliveries. And there's nothing open. There's nothing open for us to be able to hang out, you know, so, and mind you, I, I mentioned that, cause I was like, hey, you know, there, you know, there's this shutdown going on, we're gonna have to play by air to see if there's any spots still open, but, you know, we'll play by air, okay, cool, the day comes, and we're not really talking like that, cause I'm just not really interested in talking, and he's like, he's asking me, oh, so are we still hanging out for today, or is it a dub? And that's just era, that's era number one. Why is that era number one? Because if you had big dick energy, then you, first of all, you would have been hit me up earlier, not an hour before the time that we kind of agreed upon, right? You would have been hit me up, not even the day of, the day before, okay? And you would have been said, hey, I know that many places are shut down now, but... I did my research, right? I took the liberty to find available spots that we could spend time together. Are you still like, you still wanna go? You said like, you coming with a plan, not nobody's two question question. Hey, are we still going out for tonight? Or is it a dub? Don't give me no either or, nigga. What is that either or? I'm sorry, sir, what? No, we're not. We're not. It's just, little things like that irk me because a big dick nigga would know what to say. Ugh. Mama, you're forcing it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. My point is, my, let me just say my point. Often, and let's just add the fact that he doesn't live on his own. I don't live on my own when I'm home in Boston. I'm home in my parents. Like, I'm home, home, you know, with my parents. So, in our house. I don't want to keep on saying parents' house. No, it's our house. I grew up in that house. It's my house, too. So, but yeah, he's home with his parents. Same for me. So, it's not like, oh, you want to come over? Nah, nigga, you're not. And no, am I coming over your house, spending time in your bedroom? What the fuck are we doing? What? You know, so anyway, so that was already xed out. My point is, he already knew. Like, unless you live on the rock, it was already clear that stores and restaurants and parks or wherever is shut down. So, if you still wanted to hang out, do your liberty, do your research, put on your glasses, and and figure out what could we do. Talking about. You, are we still hanging out or is it a dub? What do you think, nigga? Nigga, what do you think? You wanna just you wanna hang out in your car? Let's let's go ahead and hang out in a car, because I'm sixteen again. I just I don't, uh, don't <laughs> I don't have to Anyway, so that's church, nigga. And I think often, like I said before, it's also the age difference between us that I also feel, not also feel, that for sure is a factor. Okay. Um Boston Bay, I'm just, <sighs> I know I said a lot last episode, and I hate being mushy-gushy. I don't like even saying that I, I loved him. I don't know. What is love? What does that mean? I don't fucking know. Um, I'm just, I, I actually saw a uh, a meme. And how do you guys know I'm an Aquarius? I saw a meme um, on Instagram, and it was like an Aquarius-centered Uh. Uh, profile and the, I'm pulling it up right now. So the meme is it says, okay, step one, love someone, step two, hate that same person. And then this person is reading the book, How to Be in Aquarius. <laughs> I'm hilarious. I'm really funny. So that is so accurate. It is not like I... No, here's the thing. People, I think some people just lack the common sense that they need to keep my attention. And everyone's different. I feel like some people don't have the same standard, and that's cool. But to keep my interests, right, to keep the standard that I have for myself, a lot of niggas don't have the basic common sense. To ask me... I'm still going back to the church nigga question. To ask me... Are we still hanging out or is it a dub? What? You must lack common sense. Right? Am I tripping? No, I can't be. Anyway. Anyway. And as I, I'm just going to allude to Boston Bay real quick. I know last episode talked about loving him. No. and Maybe I do. I don't know. What is love? Because we be saying that or I say it and he says it back. He doesn't really initiate does he I mean there was one time he'll initiate it in a in a manipulative type of way like one time we were texting and he kind of annoyed me I forgot what he said but he does this thing where he knows he's annoying me right he knows he's saying something that's you know not cool why would you say that and I'll and we're talking through text so I, I just choose not to respond And then his next text was, love you. And it's like, nigga, all right. Fuck you. (laughs) Like, it's just, you know, I don't have time. Like, I could, look, I could close that door emotionally. Like, it's not even an issue talking about, okay, I I said I love you. Okay. And I can never talk to you again. (laughs) Like, that's, that's totally fine. My life continues. It is full. It is in abundance. In abundance. Okay? So... Anyway, we got into this weird argument uh, while I was home, and we were texting, and I didn't want to really get into it, but like, it just made me realize that some more, because I know what it is, I feel like with him, it's just something that, I think God is trying to teach me something, not I think, I I know, I do believe that God is trying to show me something, because I do see a lot of... Maybe we have some similarities. Maybe we're aggressive sometimes when we don't have to be. Maybe I see it more from him, but maybe that's just me not taking accountability for my own shit. But I don't think so. I think with him, he has a lot of shit that he has to deal with underneath, like trauma, past trauma that he has to deal with. And he projects that onto me. And because I'm so analytical, because I'm so reflective, I see that, right? And that could be that is also my detriment because I find a way to justify it in my head, and you know I gotta be compassionate, and it's like no, that's like abusive, like this is verbally abusive, and yeah, we got into like a we got into weird argument, and he'll say like sarcastic digs, and um. I don't, and I know that he's the type, not even the type, he is very, like, when he's angry, like, he's trying to get to you, and he wants you, like, he wants me to get there and to be loud, to be ratchet, to, you know, fuck you, nigga, like, all of that, and that's not me, that's, like, if that ever comes out of me, just know that was a spirit (laughs) of the devil, let's be very clear, because that's not of my essence, I don't talk like that I don't fight like that I don't like and if you get me out of my character that is whoa nigga like we gotta reevaluate mama anyway he thrives off of that so he'll find ways to kind of poke the bear and when I don't and when I respond calmly I could tell it annoys him so that's my superpower I think that's pretty dope of me um, but he ended up apologizing, but all he said, and my, just is all through text. All he said was, I apologize. And because I don't really, I don't, I don't have the energy to go back and forth. I just cut you off and be like, okay, I'm not talking to you for the next, however long we need or, or until I'm like really done, done, whenever that is, you know? Um, but he apologized and I, all I said was just thank you. I was like, okay, thank you. Two days later, he texts me Imagine I'm still home. And just want to make a regular conversation. I'm just like, I just don't want to keep on doing this. So I say, you know, I don't see, I don't understand how you're just trying to make a regular conversation after the way you spoke to me the other day. Like, you apologizing means nothing because you continue to repeat the same behavior. And he does, you know. His mouth is reckless. Like, there's something that I heard, I don't know how long ago, but something I heard that you have to argue correctly, right? You have to, it wasn't even an argument, like it wasn't even that serious, and I am keep on saying it wasn't that serious, I want to give you guys context, but I mentioned, hey, I thought we was going to hang out together the other day, and I said it like that, literally said, "I, I, I not, is that aggressive? Because it's not, Okay. And quickly, his response is, well, Max, if what I said was, I'll hit you up if I can hang out. Duh, if I couldn't hang out, you know, then obviously I was with my son. And, like, mind you, this is how I'm reading it because this is how he's texting it, right? He's texting in caps. Some words are in caps. He's using hella punctuation. Like, nigga, is this a punctuation quiz? Are you okay? So, punctuation and he doesn't text all at once. He'll text, you know how those people will text, you know people out there will be texting four text bubbles after each other like, what? Can you get your point across all at once? This is this is too much. It's very overwhelming when people text like that. I don't understand why can't you just like know how to concise your words? Like put it all together and get it over with. What are we what are we talking about? Okay. So he he's texting like that. I'm pointing out the things that he's saying, giving him a perfect example of how he's disrespectful. Why are you insulting my intelligence? Cuz he'll say certain things that's clearly an insult. And it just it just went left over over what? Like you could have just been like, "Oh, no, I still have my son." You know, blah blah blah. Like but the point was he was trying to prove that you already knew I had my son. The point, n- no, that wasn't clear. You had your son the day before. You was going to let me know if you still had your son. You didn't say, oh, I'll hit you up if I don't have my son. And then, we'll. No, the, the common courtesy is simply, Max, I still have my son. I'm going to have him until Thursday. Let's make plan for Friday. You know, like just communication. That's really what it is. We have poor communication, and he takes no accountability for that. And instead of just being like, oh, such and such, I still have my stuff. You know, it just got into this whole thing, and he ended up apologizing because he obviously wasn't one who was off his rockers. Like, nigga, are you okay? The- <laughs> and I'm so calm and collected that it's like I know that's pissing him off. And I'm just like, okay, I, you need like. Get some help. I don't know. Anyway, I say all that to say, nice guys don't finish last. (laughs) So, no, I say that to say, I definitely decided, ooh, let me just bring this up real quick. I decided to go on a fast, y'all. A 30-day fast. It's been four days now. And... Uh, this fast is simply because it's not because of Boston Bay, not particularly because of him, but it's because I just need some clarity on a couple of things and maybe I'll share them as I receive the clarity. Well, I know I will share them cause I'm pretty transparent on this podcast, but I am on a fast. Uh, I decided to go on a fast. I felt like God was showing me go on this fast, like go on a fast. I, God was just telling me in ways that he speaks to me so I said you know what let me go ahead and do it because I never really did a fast like I never really given up something and you know just feel that something that I give that I gave up with prayer and with devotion to God so I decided to give up oxtails (laughs) how Caribbean of me huh but I decided to give up oxtails because I love oxtails I love oxtails. I eat it like once a week. You know, I make it with my legume and it's, it's it's lit. So I decided, you know what? God is telling me to give up oxtails because he knows I love it so much. And in the replacement of that during the 30 days, he will just feel something in me that I need from him, right? Right. And as I'm fasting, I'm making a point. Like, I'm telling myself these are the rules type of thing. Um, I'm not, not trying to look, you know, like a communist type of situation. But, like, these are, these are the standards that I'm holding myself to. So I'm praying every day. I'm making a point to pray every day, at least once a day. You know, whether it's a formal quote-unquote prayer or just making sure I'm talking to God and being receptive to him. And I'm journaling at least once a week. I have a prayer journal or like a manifestation journal where I just write down what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling, um, what I'm thinking, what I see for myself, uh, what occurred during the day, what messages God is showing me in, in whatever way, whatever fashion. And my goal with this fast is just to receive clarity on a couple of things. Like I said... Um, guidance to just be, you know, more in tune with what the plan is for me. Um, So, yeah, so I'm excited. And I haven't been, and I was wondering, like, damn, what if I am just going to, like, be a crackhead and be like, I need that oxtail. What if, you know? But I haven't been having that urge. Thank the Lord. And you know what's so funny? Right before I... Flew back to Houston. My mom, who knows I love oxtail, made me oxtail. And it was just like the last dinner before I go on this fasting journey. So I definitely think it was divine. And mind you, as soon as I finished the oxtail, I knew, okay, God, you're telling me I got to give this up for 30 days. Okay, fine. So you know what? Let's do it. I'm welcoming it. And I'm excited. Moving forward, let's talk about these celebrities that's singing and having IG Live concerts, you know, in the time of this crisis, I I know there's a lot of backlash for that because it's like, oh, you have these, you know, these multi-millionaires, these business owners, these entrepreneurs who are successful, who are wealthy, who are rich, bitch, right? And their, their offer of hope <laughs> Their their offer of help is just hope, right? It's just in song, is in dance, and it's like uh, it's a little cringeworthy sometimes because okay, cool, a song is cool, but uh, what are you? Are you giving me money? Like give me what? What is? Can you put that song and like translate it to cash, bitch? (laughs) And maybe they are. Hopefully they are. But then I thought about it are celebrities entitled, like, are they, um, obligated particularly, are they obligated to feed the impoverished, right? Are they obligated to consider themselves as these heroes who come to the rescue during times of crisis? And I, I mean, ideally in this, in this world, you would hope that those who are in the elite, right? Those who are wealthy, would have a heart and would care to lend a hand to those who are struggling. That would be nice ideally, but then I think about is it privilege for those who are not celebrities, for those who are working class to expect the wealthy, the celebrity to to feed them? I, I don't I don't know. I, I feel a little weird about that. I think it's one of those things where if someone does do good for you you say thank you you don't expect it like i don't think of the celebrities that i that i support whether it's through uh you know streaming their music watching their movies talking about them kindly online i don't i don't feel like they are obligated to feed me right but if they do thank you right i feel like that's just an added like if they do, that's great. Oh my gosh, that's so nice of you. But it's not. I don't expect Beyonce to reach out to everyone in person and give them a thousand dollars. Like I don't. It's just like we're pushing it. Like let's not. Everyone has their own life. That's my point. Like I can't sit back and be like, well, because I'm poor, I don't want to speak out with my life. But you know, I'm just speaking in theory. Um, because I'm this, because I'm that you got to pay me because you make more money than me. That's fucked up. Like, I don't necessarily believe in the whole tax the rich. I'm not saying maybe don't tax them, but I don't, there are a lot of celebrities who earn their way up that social economic ladder, right? Um, and yes, there are some who inherited slave money, and that's different, of course. But it's not, I don't think it's everyone's obligation to help each other out. And ideally, if you want to live in this utopian society that does that, cool. But that's not the real world. I are mean, we like can we just be honest? Nobody gives a fuck about anybody else, right? And when you do meet someone who does give a fuck, it's like, wow, you really have a heart. That's amazing, right? You be in your family and motherfuckers don't give a fuck. Some people, right? Uh, so I don't think that's an issue for me. What I do like, though, there is a, a, there is a piece that is filled, that is given when when you're listening to music, when someone is singing to you. You feel like, okay, things will be better, suddenly hope is now raised within you and you feel, you feel hopeful, right? You feel optimistic and there's, there's joy now, even for this moment. And I think that's the only thing that we can do for the meantime, right? Of course you could put your money where your, where your singing voice is, right? Of course it would be great if more people from the upper class could lend a hand, but I don't think it's, an obligation for them to do so. I don't. And that's me speaking as someone who's not in the upper class yet. Yet. I'm speaking that into existence. Um, but I just think it's pretty selfish to think like that. It's just weird to me. Anyway, I came across this video of Deborah Cox and Tamia singing Count On Me, which is a song that Whitney Houston and CC Wyans uh, sing uh it was their song from many many years ago and Deborah Cox Deborah Cox and Tamia did a rendition of it and they they had a whole video of it and it was just i just i was just taken aback i felt like all the chaos going on in the world made me made me sit still it just made me feel like okay things will be okay you know we have each other what <laughs> do we but things will be better. Excuse me. And you know, all we could do is our best. And like it just felt like it just felt this peaceful, like I just felt peace surrounding me when I was listening to them when I was listening to them sing. And I think that's the only thing that we could hold on to, you know the intangible. We could hold on to peace. We could we could hold on to our joy however we need to. So whether that's you know making sure we get enough sleep, right? That adds to our happiness, that adds to our peace. You know, it could be you know making sure we eat well. That adds to our sanity, our mental health. Like there's ways that we could help fight against this hysteria that we're living in and those ways are more intangible and don't get me wrong the tangible does matter by tangible i'm talking about money resources shelter you know think about all the people who are without homes who are living on the streets how are they being taken care of you know this whole world's a joke to be honest if you want just if you want to dig into this whole how fucked up America is, we could go there, but we ain't got the time right now, okay? But this whole world's a joke, you know? I, I just think it's funny how all of a sudden, oh, motherfuckers could could suspend the payment? Oh! How come I could have suspend the payment months ago when I asked? Oh, but now this is national pandemic, and now you're totally fine. There won't be no interest on this car note. I could suspend the payment. Like... What? My point is, nothing's real. Money's not real. You know, the the amount that you have in your account, it's just numbers, like these things don't mean anything until we apply meaning to it. So when we're being told, oh, you could suspend this payment, I wish we could suspend rent, but I could be pushing it, rent or mortgages, right? Um, but when it comes to minor bill, not my you know minor bills comparison to rent, mortgage, suddenly, oh, you could suspend it. suddenly uh, the government's okay. your business owner, you know, this company's okay with it and it's like this is so fucking fake. <laughs> this is so fake and dumb. this is so fake and dumb. Um I do want to talk about, the healthcare workers who are subjected to be face-to-face, head-on with the Chinese virus. Yes. <laughs> COVID-19, fine, fine, If That makes you happier. But anyway, there was uh, this viral video of this nurse who quits. After her supervisor attempted to send her to the COVID-19 floor, knowing that she had previous health conditions. And apparently she was a, uh, she's a cancer survivor. And she decided, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm not doing it. And there's this argument of, well, this is what it is. This is what you signed up for. You know, working in this healthcare uh, profession and this field, you are... Signing up to put your life at risk in the benefit of others. Now, I'm mixed on this because maybe technically you did sign up for it, right? Wasn't there, is there an oath that nurses take before they, you know, become an actual nurse, right? And when they're in those culty ass white outfits, what the fuck are they wearing? I don't, and then especially back in the day in the 1950s, 1940s, they had this whole white outfit on, this little uh, little cap over their head, on their head. And I'm just like, is this a cult or are you graduating nursing school? What's going on? Anyway, I think... <sighs> cause I'm all about independence, you know, independent liberty. I'm all about whatever works best for you. But then again... If all healthcare workers had that same mindset, there wouldn't be any healthcare workers, right? I think about all the healthcare workers who have aided me in in my health, right? In my doctor visits, in my surgery, in my past surgery, I I'm so grateful and I would have hated it if... My nurses or doctor decided to be like, nah, bitch, I ain't treating you because I got kids at home and boop, nope, I'm at risk. Ugh, here's the thing. I think ultimately it's a job that you do sign up for. I do feel like there should be better um, preventative measures to protect the healthcare workers from contracting Any virus, not just COVID-19, but any virus that they come in contact with, there should be something in, like, there should be something guarding them. What is going on that we live in America? We want to hype up America, yet there's not enough face masks for these doctors in America, right? But we want to put our noses down, quote unquote, third world countries, but there's not enough masks for, for doctors, yet- I was in my grocery store line this morning and all them motherfuckers who are not doctors had masks on. What is going on? What are we talking about? How do they have masks on? But there's a nurse at Memorial Hermann with no mask. Okay, all my Houstonians know that's an actual hospital here in Houston. Um, Look, I just... Ugh. I just want to understand why America is the way it is. And this is not... I, y'all, I get in a, a whole rabbit hole on YouTube just about conspiracies. And I'm not, in, I'm not like, crazy like that. Because <laughs> what I can say, I used to... I want to say follow this man. Y'all, do you guys know who Dr. Umar Johnson is? Because that nigga is quack. Like, whole central. But many, many moons ago... Before I became woke, woke, I guess. <laughs> I used to like really adhere to what he would say because the way that he would talk with so much confidence so quickly, like, he wouldn't talk with doubt in his voice. He wouldn't be like, well, I am questioning that. Like he was a super Absolute. And there's something to that when a when a person never mind a man but when a person is absolute in their in their speaking points is you have no choice but to listen and to just subscribe to what they're saying and that's how dr umar johnson is but then when you when i got older i'm like he's a little quakey like is there was this uh video i came across of him and mind you i'm in the business of just laughing at him. Because some of the things he be saying yo. all be like nigga what the fuck. There's literally a Twitter thread. Of all the wild things. Dr. Umar Johnson has said. That people have like extracted. From the whole clip. <laughs> and they will put that funny part. Into a thread. And I'm just literally on the thread. Laughing at every video. There's one video that I'm thinking of right now. Where he's in his car. And he's. Um, like, spreading envelopes in his hand like it's a wad of cash. And he's like, donations, donations, donations. That's one. There's another video of him in his car. He's in his car again. Like, sir, what's going on? Uh, he's in his car. And he, um, what happens? He's in his car. He gets a text notification that this woman uh, gave him $10 donation, a $10 cash app notification. And he's like, thank you, sister Avante, but next time make it 20 But I know $10, $10 you probably didn't have it, so thank you. And it was like, what the fuck? Whole ten ass nigga, can you just say thank you? Like, nigga, she didn't even have to give you anything. The fuck I'm giving my man money or man money? This tall, my dude, he's a tall I usually watch him while he's sitting down. And there was this one video I came across. He's standing like full. (laughs) Nigga is six foot five tall. So there's that. Like there's a lot of factors that allow him to command the room and to get in your head. It's a little creepy because when you think about people who are not mentally strong, right? Who are not mentally stable, who's easily manipulated who's completely naive, he's a perfect example of someone who could just warp your mind. And next thing you know, you, you suck in this and, you suck in this whole type nigga's dick. And you think it's okay. So, look. Uh, anyway, I don't know why I started talking about that. But let's end off with this topic that I was just... Flabbergasted And I don't know if I could I'm still trying to figure out How to like extract the clip And insert it smoothly Into my Into my Look it doesn't even matter Anyway let me just kind of explain it This is man Uh Who did a like a A PSA Nigga Okay That's And always be Be wary of PSA Niggas Why you always got an announcement What 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 are you saying again? You didn't make that, you didn't make yourself clear yesterday? You got another announcement? Okay. Anyway, so that was strike one. No, men shouldn't have an opinion. You are just bring the money home. That's all. Anyway, he starts up the video talking about how uh, he has five kids and five baby mamas. Okay. I, mean, I don't think you heard me. I said five children and five baby mothers, okay? Um, He makes a point that three out of the five of those baby mothers are hell for him. And he's telling young black men to not make the same mistake as he did because... You know, instead of just working it out with the first baby mother, baby mother, or at least the second baby mother, he now has to deal with the hell of, you know, finding custody, fighting custody to see his children by the three baby mother, by the three baby mothers who is giving him a hard time, and he's saying black. He's particularly saying black his black baby mothers, and he's saying black, black, black. I didn't find an issue with that because that's what he, that's who he has dated. I don't think that's a, he's being racially insensitive. I don't think it's, that was an argument that I was reading. I'm just like, I don't think it's that deep, honestly. But I do find it problematic when he's saying, had it it not been for those three mothers trying to prevent me from seeing my son, then everything will be kumbaya. I don't think that's, I think here's a problem. I think, a lot of black men fail, and this goes to Boston Bay, every Bay, okay? I think they fail to take accountability. okay? Can we sit with that? Let's spell that together. ACC, okay, They fail to take accountability. And that's the problem. instead of just saying, because he's painting this narrative that these three black women are just are just bitter. And they're mad that they that he didn't make it work out with them. And now they're just another baby mother. And ah, I'm just mad. No. And that just goes back to this stereotype of this angry black woman. This angry, this angry baby mama. There's a reason why she's angry, right? I mean, let's let's talk about the two percent of women who are mentally unstable, right, who actually need fucking help, who need to be, you know, hospitalized. That's, obviously, we're not talking about them right now. We're talking about the sane women. The sane women who fell in love with this man. (coughs) Oh, corona? It's like, we're talking about the sane women who fell in love with the man who thought there was a future, right, right, but was manipulated, was gaslighted, was cheated on, was disrespected, was abused, and she had enough, and they broke up, and she doesn't feel comfortable, she doesn't feel safe to have her children, their children, with their father. Like, let's talk about the full picture. Instead of you painting this picture that this baby mother is just batshit crazy. Yo, you crazy, you crazy. That's the problem. That's why... I get really ticked off when black men, because I've been black, I mean, not all black men, but like some black men, especially Boston Bay, who said things like, oh, damn, you crazy. And it's like, nah, nigga, you're whack. You don't take accountability for shit. And when I call you out on it, I'm crazy? Nah, I'm not holding, like, I'm not accepting. That's a problem. Like, a lot of people would just accept Oh, well, you know, just, just put it under the rug. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. And you're making a big deal out of it. It's not a big deal. That's the point. Like, we should be able to have conversations, have uh, solutions to our problems. We should communicate. But me wanting to communicate is crazy? I'm sorry, what? That's the problem. That's the problem. So it wasn't that he was saying, oh, excuse me, I got the burps, huh? Corona? Sorry, I'm, I'm done. I got to stop joking about that. Never. You're joking is in me, okay? Fuck, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. Joking joking is in me. But I think he, um, he just failed to take accountability. And that's where the issue is. It's not that you know, oh, you should, you should... First of all, the problem is him. Why the fuck are you fucking raw five black women? What the, what are you doing? That's another thing. Like, that's where you lost me. Oh, so you're just going to go ahead and willingly have sex, unprotected, nut on those women five times to have another mother, another different mother, another different mother, mother. Like... Don't you get tired of having another baby mother? That's the thing. And then now he wants to turn around and be like, oh, well, these three women are crazy. Nah, you're the crazy one. Why are you impregnating so many women? That's crazy. That's the crazy and that's what I hate. Like, that's that's the shit I hate. Cause like men will find a way to turn around on you and make it feel like, oh well, you're crazy. Why can't you just let me see my son? Nigga, cause you're fucking nuts. Don't turn it around on me. You're the nuts. Shit. Where's your nuts, nigga? That's you. That's look, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, I am blessed. I am worthy. I am abundant. And God cares for me, and he cares for you. I'm saying all this to say I like to practice more affirmations in my life. As much as I joke, I try to implement more of, you know, God's God's word. I mean, this is God built this, right? <laughs> it's like I know I haven't really, you know, opened the Bible with y'all, and I don't really plan to do that, but I find ways to kind of, make it a positive, affirming environment. And that's what I like to do by reinstating your worth. And sometimes, you know, I obviously we're not all going to practice what we preach. Clearly, Boston Bay. Um, so that's something I need to work through in my 30-day fast as I see that God is still teaching me the same lesson that I'm not getting. So what the fuck? Anyway. What was I getting with this? I was just wanting to make sure that, you know, during this time, has hysterical has it is, and it is, I'm affirming that, it is, and try to find some joy in anything that you could do throughout the days that we have uh, quarantining, self-isolating. I just want everyone to find a joy that they could hold on to and that they could continue and cultivate into more joys. You know, I'm blessed and grateful to have a career that allows me to still work, still get paid. I'm, I'm covered and I'm great. I'm so grateful for that. So I hope everyone can find some level of gratitude. I know not everyone's privileged to have that, right? We all have our own privileges in some way. So I hope that we could find a way to recognize that and allow that to seep into our home into our hearts, into our homes, and we could ride on that. Because I think, like I was saying, I really do believe all we have really is the intangible. We have hope. We have joy. We have peace. We have love. Um, We have happiness, things that you can't touch. And maybe you could touch it, like, if you want to think about metaphorically. You know, Some people would be like, you know, my daughter, my son is my heart outside of my heart, right? This is my heart walking? I think that's such a beautiful way to describe a loved one. How beautiful is that? To describe your child as, or someone, period, has your heart. There goes my heart over there, like, oh, that's beautiful. Anyway, bye, I gotta go. Y'all be well. You know, make eye contact with people. Damn, I don't like that. As much as I like to be by myself, I do enjoy human contact. I do enjoy interacting with people and like ki ki and laughing. But when niggas aren't even staring at and I, and I'm, you know, when I say niggas, I'm talking about it is men and women. Like niggas is not gender exclusive, okay? Um, but anyway, <laughs> y'all be well. I will check in with y'all next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.